bring in Michael Zaremski, the director of futures at Charles Schwab. He's here this morning to help us take a look at a, well, busy couple days ahead. Good morning to you, Michael. I want to talk Ecodata and earnings, companies that we should be keeping an eye on, making headlines this morning. But first, I just wanted to get your overall take on the weakness we're seeing in the market as we get set for the cash open. It seems like sentiment is uh, waning a bit here with uh, more COVID lockdowns in China and ultimately uh, these chips, the curbs that uh, the U.S. has imposed ultimately uh, weighing on uh, price activity. Good morning, Ben. Exactly right there as well, too. Yeah, that kind of caught, I think, uh, that semiconductor sector. They're really an, another shock to the system there when the uh, U.S. has uh, banned the sale of those chips used for artificial intelligence in China and Russia there, and that particularly affected uh, companies like NVIDIA as mm -hmm. well, too, expected to see uh, you know, revenue of about $400 million uh, from that effect. So they're going to have to do... Uh, a little bit of a, you know, kind of a maneuvering there as well, too, to, you know, try to stem that uh, declining tide that they've been ready uh, forecasting as well, too. But uh, also companies like uh, AMD, for instance, Qualcomm, mm -hmm. and, you know, Micron, some, it's really just some exactly of the right. Names, yeah. So just an, right, just an overall, you know, continuing downward trend here for a sector here that's really underperformed so far this year. Uh, ultimately, we talk about the ripple effect here, the semiconductor index, the SOX, and we'll be keeping an eye on the NASDAQ as well, Mike. Absolutely right there as well. But uh, right now, I mean, we're still down here this morning here across the sectors as well, too. But we're, we're kind of rebound a, a little bit here so far from the lows here. And I think some of that may be due to we're at the uh, first of the month here. So we're going to see some, you know, maybe monthly inflows into the market here as well, maybe kind of supporting the market. Plus, we're also coming up to some pretty key technical levels here in some of the indices uh ben um right now uh, we're looking at the uh for those who follow fibonacci or retracements there were near the 61.8 percent retracement from the june lows to the august highs that comes in for the s p's around this above 3900 here so just a few points away from that as well too so you may see maybe a little bit of a buying coming into market there at that key technical level because if that doesn't hold there as well too we don't really see any support there to just below 3800 and once you get there you know a test of those june lows there is definitely in sight there so just maybe a little bit of technical uh situation here as well this morning here but let's face it here august was not a great month for the indices once again uh most indices down are approximately four four and a half percent but the russell being the uh, biggest performer there at about 200% decline here as well, too. So just once again, continues just a really rough uh, 2022 here for the equity markets. And Mike, uh, historically, September, not necessarily the best month for the indices either. Exactly right there. I mean, in general, there you see about usually about 2% decline in the month of September there as well, too. So whether this year will be something different, hard to be you know, hard to know here as well, too. But um, yeah, right now we're still on a little bit of a negative start here. We do have the midterm elections coming up in the next several weeks as well, too. And of course, we're done with the earnings seasons. And of course, that Fed meeting there looming there mm -hmm. on the 21st of uh, September. Fed meeting in addition to the ECB, the Bank of England, the Bank of Canada. I mean, uh, uh, September is going to be a, a busy month in terms of uh, central bank activity again as it comes back around and uh, multiple focal points there in terms of how central bankers ultimately are combating inflation. Let's talk a little bit about some of the data that's due out at the bottom of the hour and some focal points here for investors and traders today. Obviously, uh, front and center and, and maybe a little bit overshadowed by the non-farm payrolls data due out tomorrow, the monthly number, but we Weekly jobless claims uh, will help provide some insight in terms of labor conditions here in the U.S. And uh, ultimately, that's where we want to continue to see strength. 
Absolutely right, Ben, as well, too. I mean, these numbers have been pretty steady here for the past uh, several weeks here. It's supposed to be uh, maybe a little bit of uptick, about 248,000 last week. Mm -hmm. But they have been really steady in there. And then between, that, let's say, the 240 and 260 range this past several weeks as well, too. And even though, like I said, elevated from those lows we've seen in April, still at uh, really an overall very steady pace where the you know, the labor market is still fairly strong. It's really when you start to see those numbers spike up there, we get about 300,000, 350,000. That's when you see any types okay. of worry here. And right now we have not seen any signs of that whatsoever. We also had the uh, Gellinger job cuts uh, data for August as well too. And that was actually a surprise where they were only up at 20,400 when the market was expecting about 29,000. And that's the lowest level of job cuts uh, month monthly since february there so you know it, it seems we're hearing all these talks about more companies and layoffs as well too but so far the numbers here just really aren't reflecting that so it seems like maybe it's just more of those anecdotal some of those tech companies especially announcing those layoffs where we're not seeing a widespread amount of layoffs so far in the economy yeah we're not uh let's uh uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about, in addition to NVIDIA, we mentioned again uh, some of the tech names to keep an eye on, but, uh, and you pointed to the fact that earnings has definitely wound down quite a bit. A couple names though this week, Lulu, I saw a couple interesting retailers. We were talking about Best Buy to begin the week for the most part, but uh, talk to us about a couple names that are attracting headlines or making headlines attracting uh, attention this morning, Michael. Well, I mean, I think now that we had the, uh, the chip maker, uh, you know, the semiconductor issue there, I think Broadcom is going to be even more in focus okay. uh, today, Ben, as well, too. I mean, one of the, the I think one of the, the best companies there in that uh, semiconductor sector as well, too, expecting to have a growth in both earnings and revenues. But once again, like most of these earnings, it's really that guidance there as well, too. Now, will Broadcom, you know, kind of have to shift their guidance as well, too, with this uh, semiconductor ban there for China and Russia there, what effects will they have as well too? So in a segment here, that's really uh, kind of a waning there, especially we do see a global uh, you know, economic growth decline as well too. And semiconductors are gonna be front and center in that if we do see an overall global decline as well too, can we get some good guidance there from Broadcom there and kind of stem this, this uh, bloodletting here we're seeing in the, uh, the semiconductor industry? You know, uh, we're looking at it here right now. It looks like we're going to open up the low 500 to begin the day in the month of September. Uh, Michael, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, again, we've got rates which have been in, in, a, bit, in a range here right now. Uh, again, 25 to 3.5% in the TNX, comfortably around this 3% level. Kind of tying back to what we've been seeing as far as jobs. You mentioned hanging around this 250,000 uh, weekly jobless claims level, which has inched up a bit from below one, uh, below 200,000, but as you pointed out, still below 300,000. So kind of in the sweet spot right now, it does seem like uh, rate's not necessarily the headwind at this point. It's more some of the concerns in terms of guidance as far as what we've seen from some of these companies and then these individual stories right now. Uh, as far as uh, the chips and such. But it, it does seem like uh, rates, uh, I mean, in this range have had a bit of a backseat role as far as uh, investors and traders' focal points. I think the reason for the range is the market is now getting comfortable that we're going to be at a higher overall interest rate environment as well, too. What would really kind of especially spook the markets as well, too, we see some of that extreme volatility in rates like we've seen earlier this year. That would be a problem. So we started to see let's say 10-year rates move from about, what, 320 or so up to 350 within a week or something. That's some big moves or, you know, breaking above that 350 barrier there really quickly there. That would kind of 
really kind of send a shivers throughout the market there and really kind of, I think, affect concerns about the economy as well, too. But as long as we stay within these ranges as well, too. And right now, let's say the Fed is looking like, you know, unless something really changes dramatically, there's no rate cuts there in the foreseeable future as well, too. I think the market is going to have to just adapt to these higher interest rate environments. And at some point, I guess we'll see how far can they raise rates there before we start to see, you know, things start to break there in, in the economy as well, too. And right now, they're you know, systems on the Fed speakers we've heard this week, Ben, you know, they're now targeting maybe a 4% of Fed funds rate there as well to and stay at those levels there for many months at a time to really kind of bad inflation. So we'll have to see what happens if we get to those levels there as well too, and can the economy handle that level of rates here. So right now, I think it's not necessarily the level of rates now, Ben, it's the volatility of the movement in interest rates. Michael, uh, let's talk a little bit about market uh, implications here or uh, focal points here in terms of actual uh, um, products. I mean, you've got the dollar, which is hanging out around 109, near these 20-year highs. It's been relatively elevated, tying back to some of the weakness we've seen in the euro currency, the Japanese yen. I saw the pound overnight, or yesterday, I should say, into new lows. Um, uh, continued weakness across the board there in terms of uh, those currency markets. But uh, as far as markets here, obviously, the indices are going to be front and center here. But uh, what are some of the other... Uh, not as closely watched uh, products that we should be dialed in on just to get a little bit of a better feel in terms of how significant some of this uh, selling is and investors concerns ultimately well and i don't know about not widely watched though but uh just look at the whole energy sector ben sure. as well too it's especially what's off. happening recently this week uh look at gasoline yeah we're down with uh futures down below 240 now look at even uh distillates the hingo the market that's been the strongest there that's been in a pull back here the last several sessions as well and even the, the crude oil market we've had what was seemingly bullish eaa data there on wednesday ben but the market is, is falling there as well it looks like we're going to try to test that low end of the range there around 85 dollars yeah. there for crude oil as well too now the rolling over of the energy sector there that's one of the primary factors there that has sparked this you know inflationary pressures here in the market as well too is that signaling global slowdown global demand issues is OPEC right and they may have to actually cut production there to stabilize the market there because they they see demand start to decrease as well we're hearing about more Chinese lockdowns as well too due to COVID and we're seeing you know their manufacturing PMI is also going to contraction we're seeing that through most of Europe as well too we have a PMIs for manufacturing out today in the U.S. for August. They're supposed to be, you know, still above 50 there. So still an expansionary phase, but we're getting closer and closer to that 50 level, it seems, Ben. If we start to move into contraction as well, too, then, yeah, that, that oil market there and the energy markets could really be that signal there that, yes, the global slowdown is commencing there as well. And that would definitely be kind of a worry there as a signal for the market, even though it may bring down inflation at the cost, though, of really slow economic growth or possible recession. You know, we were just looking at crude oil as you uh, brought those points to our attention here and how it is testing that key level, that lower extreme around 85. But if we could just look here uh, to Michael's point, RBOB gasoline futures on the right now, crude oil on the left. You can see the significant divergence here is uh, RBOB, again, on the right, has 
come off significantly, breaking down below that 260 level. And I did notice this morning, Michael, some of the uh, Caxon, China's manufacturing PMI numbers came in below that contraction level. They actually fell to 49.5 from right. 50.4. So again, that boomer bust level, uh, a focal point here in the U.S. as well. Should we decline or uh, retreat below that again? I think that could weigh on sentiment as well, markets and ultimately some of these commodities. Michael, a great breakdown here. Appreciate you joining us here to uh, get ahead of uh, the number here in just a couple minutes, as well as uh, some of the activity we're seeing in terms of the marketplace this morning ahead of the cash open. Michael Zarensky, the Director of Futures at Charles Schwab. Always a pleasure.